0: I'm Dr. Lisa Belial and you are listening to Radio Maine, and today I have with me in the studio Emma Wilson, who um, has previously joined us remotely when we were still doing the COVID thing. We're still kind of doing the COVID thing, but today we actually fully vaccinated, things have opened up, um, and I am able to now have a conversation in person with my close friend and the Portland Art Gallery director, Emma Wilson. Thanks for coming in today. Thanks for having me. I really enjoy um, the opportunity to talk to people in this setting, uh, particularly when it's people that I know, because sometimes I learn things about them that I didn't know as a result of spending many um, hours in a professional setting or maybe at a cocktail party at events. So I'm not going to grill you too much, but I think that this will be a fun conversation.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. It's great to be sitting in this space with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I guess I want to start with the Maine connection. You're not originally from Maine.
1: I am not originally from Maine. However, my grandmother was born on Beckett Street in the East End, and she was one of uh, five kids. And I grew up coming to Long Island because they had a family place that, you know, had no uh, electricity, no running water, all of those um, wonderful features of those island places. And I have this photograph, actually, that it came upon recently of me on the um, shoreline on Long Island. Um, I'm probably in third grade. And I do remember have these memories of, you know, our family driving through the night from New Jersey or maybe it wasn't through the night but it felt like it one of those old station wagons and there were four of us we used to be able to lay the seats down with our sleeping bags and we'd arrive to the ferry and we'd take the ferry out um oh, actually it was a park and then we would take the ferry out and then the um the person would meet us on the other end and we'd be there for a month so uh then there was a long stretch of my life where I really didn't have much time in Maine uh but moved back here in 2007 so it's been it's been wonderful.
0: You spent quite a bit of time uh, going about the country as a result of being affiliated with the military or having a spouse that, at the time that was affiliated with the military. What was that like for you? It was
1: such an adventure. I mean, there were aspects of it that were challenging and, and all that but it's there's just such good people everywhere and around the country uh, at the time I was living in New Hampshire I just finished up my master's in social Work um, I met my former husband while I was doing my field placement at the New Hampshire State Hospital and then he went ahead and uh, was accepted into medical school in, in st. Louis so we moved there for four years and we had two children there and uh, then we moved to Tacoma Washington I had never been to the Northwest I'll never forget driving from driving through the Rockies and driving through those ranges for the first time was just um, amazing. And then we moved to um, Augusta, Georgia for four years. And then it was during that time that uh, he was applying to positions and we knew we wanted to get back into New England, although we really did love the Northwest. Um, But there are such strong family pull and connections to the Northeast. So uh, we knew uh, three years into our time in Georgia that um, we were going to be coming to Maine and then um, we moved here and it's been a great journey. So, and while we were in Tacoma, we had our third, our third child. Can't forget mentioning him. (laughs) So Yeah. yeah, but it was such a great adventure and there's different cultures in all of those different places Used to sort of just make this joke like in in St. Louis, people would ask you like which high school you went to. That was the big connector, you know. And out in the Northwest, it was like which what was your favorite coffee spot? What was your favorite blend? You know. And down south, it was where was your church home? And you know, Northeast, it's where you go to your college. Where do you go to college? But there's all these different sort of caricatures of different places that you you know around the country. But there's just we made such strong connections and stru- such strong friends um, with with every with every place we landed, and the the. Phil- philosophy I had when e- with each spot we moved was, you know, Tom was so busy. I was really building, you know, the connections with the community and whatnot, but it was registering to vote and finding the the local museum because the museum really was your introduction into what was happening within the community where we just moved. So that became um, a really important tradition uh, with, with us. So.
0: Did you learn about art growing up? Was your family interested in taking you to the museums or how did this come to be?
1: Yeah, definitely. I was born in New York City. My mom still tells the stories of bringing me down to you know, to the Museum of Modern Art for my classes when I was four years old. My sister uncovered some of those images and had them framed. Which, you know, they always like to say, "You have such talent." I'm like, "No, really, I don't. You do." <laughs> but, but it's okay. Um, but my mother, you know, always instilled that in us. Uh, my father was a lover of music. He also loved fine art and appreciated it. But his passion was really around music. But my mother, the visual arts for sure. And then my sister, Marion, she is a um, full time artist, and so it's been a part of. My life always, I don't, you know, we were always going to something or being exposed to something or always were, had the coffee table books or it was just a big part of our life.
0: So how does that move you towards social work? So...
1: Maybe those were the other aspects of my family that moved me towards social work. Um, But no, I think that I'm the youngest of four. Uh, We all had different areas of interest. My oldest sister is a writer, and then Sarah is a lawyer, and Marion's the artist. And and I sort of was finding my way. I'm quite a little bit younger than the three of them. They were all very close in age. I think part of... um, Navigating my childhood, navigating my friendships, my social connections, I think that sort of fostered this interest. And also there was a strong interest in sort of social justice areas and um, and understanding how what makes people tick and why they do certain things and how they connect. And so I was working at a school outside of Boston right out of um right out of college. And I was teaching. And at that time, they called our students, you know, these were 16 to 20 year olds, they were behavior disordered, emotionally disturbed kids. I'm like, that's awful. Like, how can you say that? But you know, it was, uh, it was an enlightening experience. I loved working with the students, um, meeting, working with their families, finding out where they where they were coming from each day and bringing that into the classroom. I did always try to integrate manipulatives or activities even at that time in terms of not necessarily art but some some so oftentimes people aren't as comfortable communicating verbally but maybe something can come out in other ways whether it be movement or or through through drawing or art so anyway it, it was always there and then I applied to BU was accepted and 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 uh, started that path and you know before moving around the country, although I did practice clinically around the country as well.
0: When you moved to Portland, you then were affiliated with the Art Museum in Portland for a little while.
1: I was. So uh, when in Georgia and three kids under the age of five, husband deployed to Iraq, kind of having to figure out where how I was going to navigate that and still um, being very much a part of the community. I was offered a position at a local museum, and it was, you know, it was the right number of hours. There was enough flexibility for me to manage a lot of these other areas in my personal life, and so I accepted it. And it was, it was really wonderful. It was a wonderful way to understand and um, and learn more about the South. And so. Um, I then, when we moved to Portland, I signed up for the docent class at the Portland Museum of Art and Dana Baldwin, um, who went on to becoming one of my closest friends, uh, she uh, was the director of education at the time and just wowed me with her knowledge and in engaging us in the um, understanding of how to talk with people about art as opposed to like lecturing people about art. It was really Really important distinction, and so then there was a position that opened up, and it was the school tour coordinator. Three kids again, school hours was like I applied, was offered the position. I was there for about four years. Yeah, so I did not return to clinical work when I moved when I moved to Maine.
0: So this uh, idea of talking with people about art and. Um, doing it differently than sort of talking at people. Mm-hmm. What types of things have you carried on into the work that you do today?
1: Yeah. It's such, it, it's it's really important to, to listen to what it is that people are feeling or responding to when they're looking at, at works of art or when they're listening to a work of music or whatever it might be. But um, that is something that I really... Focused on, or it really was trained when working at the at the museum, with um, with Dana, and then also it was modeled for me a lot within my own family of origin and and whatnot. So, um, it's it's an opportunity for us to interpret and talk about what's going on now, what's gone on in the past. I mean, it's so important to, as a as a vehicle for conversation, um, and it's such an important vehicle for expression. So, I think that. Has been a connection for me all along. So, not sure if that answers your question.
0: <laughs> yes, you definitely okay. answered my question. Um, I have always been impressed with your ability to know people well. And I know that I can only speak for the Yarmouth, Portland area because this is, <clears throat> I've only known you since you moved to Maine, yeah. but you are very strongly connected in the community. Um, I know that you know people in a really personal way. For my birthday this last year, you, you picked up this, this book called Flowers for Lisa, which I'll, I'll show to the people. This is not one of our gallery artists, I will say, but um, it's, it is a very talented individual. And there's actually, a mean, you actually ended up connecting without even knowing this was going to happen to this artist. Um, and I hope I'm not mispronouncing your name, Abelardo Morel. Tell me about that.
1: So this book was introduced to me by actually one of our other artists, Emily Blaschke. And then I had it a sticky on my computer for, I don't know, months because I wanted to look it up. It sounded so interesting. I thought of you, whatever. And and then uh, finally did. And then after finding the book and, and whatnot, I was... Delivering work to one of our clients, and while there, she introduced me. She says, "Oh, this is my friend," and I I regret not remembering her name. But and actually, her husband is a is a wonderful artist and photographer, and told me his name. And I was like, "Oh my goodness, I know, I know that's Flowers Release." <laughs> so it was just the way the world of Maine works. There's all these connections that are constantly happening. I'm always saying we're the big small town of or big small state or the whatever we are, but we're we're definitely. Um, Um, very connected in this state. And so it's been, that was fun to sort of have an opportunity to be one degree of separation from, from the artist. So it was, it is. And thank you for your kind um, words in terms of, you know, I, I I am so fortunate. I'm so grateful constantly to the, for the people in the community that we have in Yarmouth and in Portland and have been um, really encouraged along the way and really supported and, and, and it's been, it's been something that I'm very grateful for.
0: Yes, you and I have walked around Little John together. You've we wa- have you've walked around <laughs> Little John and cousins with other <laughs> mutual friends. Absolutely, so that that community connection yeah. seems really strong. Yeah, and really important to you. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely important. Yep, it's it's critical.
0: Thinking about um, what the art gallery has needed to do, particularly since the beginning of COVID. Um, but even really before that, I'm, I'm fascinated by the idea that you don't necessarily limit yourselves to what most art galleries do. Uh, we, you and I and the owner, Kevin Thomas worked on this off the wall, uh, piece, which was done a couple of years ago. We'll probably do another one. We just haven't this year, Mm -hmm. um, but this ended up being really a lovely way of getting to know artists better and showcasing not just the work, but the person. So the photography by Sean Thomas and, um, you know, the interviews actually that Kevin and I worked on together and, you know, the coordination that you did with all of this, this was just a way to introduce people like, you know, Darthea Across to you know, the people who come into the gallery, because sometimes the things that you see on the wall are just kind of a representation of um, almost like the iceberg tip of what's really going on beneath the surface. And I believe that off the wall really enabled us to um, kind of get a little bit deeper.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as you know, there's no there's, there's no standing still when it comes to thinking about marketing outreach when it comes to Kevin Thomas, <laughs> which is fantastic. I mean, that's what I think helps to set the gallery apart, is that we're always looking at ways to engage with our audience. And and not everybody engages with art the same way, and not, everybody, and not every client engages with us as, as a gallery the same way. So it's really about trying to find different communication styles, right, and to find that connection and way to introduce our artists to people who, you know, are interested in them, or maybe curious and interested in, in purchasing their work, and therefore supporting an artist's um, livelihood. So uh, this was a piece that uh, we we did. We fe- we featured many of our artists. Uh, we have ideas about what we might like to feature in the future. If, if we're able to um, create another one um, and. It's just a. Some people just love having something to thumb through, and that tactile experience, almost of of having um, something that they can hold. But then also the visual images are so are so um, critical, and then learning a little bit more—not necessarily where somebody went to college, but what's important to them. Find out a little bit more, and that um, that way, sometimes you might connect with a piece of artwork uh, differently because you've made a connection with that artist and something that has completely different to do with in composition or, or palette. So, and we find it happens a lot.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm one of those people. I mean, when I was growing up, our family focus was not art. And although my parents certainly didn't discourage us from liking art, we I was the oldest in a family of 10, so we were not going to the Portland Museum of Art as a family or the the MoMA or the Met or any of the art museums. This is something that came to me later in life. Um, And so for me, the story and the person and the artist, which really probably is related to the work I do in medicine, was extremely important. So now I will pick up um, I'll look at a piece of art in one of the emails that goes out through the art gallery. And if I know the artist, I can say, wow, that that really speaks to me. That's really something that I, I, I kind of feel like I'd like to have in my home. Um, and, I, and I can't imagine I'm the only one who feels that way.
1: Oh, definitely. I mean. OK, this is a really bad example, but we've all met that kid that we're like, we're never naming our child that name because we can't live with that, or that person, not a kid. But anyway, um, but but no, I mean, I think if you feel a, a sensitivity or an admiration or whatever it is, that it, it strengthens that. And you want to feel joy in your home and you want to feel comfort and you want to feel love and you want to feel all those sort of positive things. Obviously, we all have a wide range of emotions when we're in our own homes, but but it is to be able to make that connection. It, it adds value. You know, it's, it adds value to the experience of, of the art buying, you know, and in terms of storytelling, I mean, your natural, your, your writing and your medicine and all of the work that you do, um, you're constantly looking for that story and engaging with people around their story and so open to, to learning more about people. Um, that's just what you do (laughs) naturally, it seems. (laughs) So.
0: Well, thank you. And, uh, and you can tell Emma and I, it's basically a mutual admiration society, so we could do this with each other all day because we do really appreciate one another and have known each other a long time.
1: We won't uh, bore anybody. Yes.
0: Well, yes. <laughs> well, a good friendship, that's never boring, right? I, I, I'm looking at this piece that's behind us that is an Anne Sklar piece, and um, what you're describing is something that really is... is um, Particularly true with Anne Sklar, mm-hmm. so Anne Sklar was supposed to have an opening um, in the gallery, and she is she lo- she's located in Florida for part of the year, mm-hmm. so she had come up and she was she was ready, and there was a fire. Yeah. We had a fire in the gallery in 2018. Mm-hmm. And we needed to move off site. And uh, Anne, was, Anne and her family were really wonderful about their willingness to do this. Mm-hmm. But when I look at this piece, and I love Anne's work anyway, but when I look at this, I just think fire. Oh. I think fire and Anne and her, her kind of stepping toward something that really could have been very problematic. You know, She could have said, oh my gosh, I worked so hard and there's this fire and I'm just going to give up. But she's like, no, we're gonna have an opening, and we're gonna bring my family along, and we're gonna we're gonna do this off-site.
1: Yeah, so. it was such a great. Um uh, she, I just respected and and was so grateful to her that she had that attitude and was able to sort of push forward with it. Um, I think of it also when I see that you know Anna has a certain tenaciousness and spitfire, you know, in her. Um, she's strong and she's, but she's also very humble and uh, <clears throat> modest. And so, yeah, that strength coming through. I mean, this is she's. It has such a strong sense of color and embracing that, but oh, that was such a night. Um, but we happily are reopened. You know, we were able to really work together as a team and be able to come through that. And um, we, you know, we made there were a number of transitions at that at that time, and um, we're stronger than ever. And and we have people like Ann, artists like Ann and many others, you know, are, are in the off the wall that just have worked so hard and stayed with us and keep pushing themselves as artists. And um, it's been, it's been, we're better than never. So, and then, um, yeah, I'll just stop at that, but yeah.
0: Well, that actually leads into the next question. So I was actually wondering if you were gonna, because you and I are so closely connected, if you'd actually answer the question before I asked it. I bet you probably would have, but but I'll ask it anyway. Okay this most recent transition back to in-person uh, openings you've now had a few and it's after having spent more than a year not doing in-person openings and having the virtual openings with their matterport so people could do a tour of the gallery tell me what that's been like
1: it's been <laughs> it's it's been exciting. It's been scary. It's been a learning process. It's been hard work. Um, it's been it's been productive, and it's been exhilarating. I, I could go on with a list of of different adjectives. I'm sure. Um, we have an amazing team, and so I am very very lucky to work with an amazing team who has that um, attitude of not like we're going to close. This is doom and gloom. We can't do it. We have to figure out what we're going to do to to push through, to make it happen. And that's all relates to how we are as people, you know, and who someone like Anne is, right? So, so we were told, obviously, we needed to shut our doors, um, uh, in March of, of 2020. And then Kevin um, and myself just really looking and saying, what are we going to do? Like, we don't, we, we can't close, you know, we can't close. And, um, and so we worked very hard to transition to a, a strong online platform. Kevin is a marketing genius. And so this is really such, um, we're so fortunate to have his leadership through that time, because we really were able to Create. We already had a lot of the backbone that we, that we needed in terms of a strong website and some um, some good database, but we really needed to amp it up. And so we had, um, and in those moments, people oftentimes they just want to know what to do, right? So we had artists looking at us like, "What are we supposed to do?" Like this is, and we're like, "Paint, create." whatever it is, just keep doing it. Just, and they're like, great, this is like, this is like a dream for me, like, you know, cause this is what they are being given, they're like, it gave themselves permission, the opportunity to just go and focus really on their artwork because that's what so many people um, needed the time to be able to do. And then we, meanwhile, were became very focused on our virtual presentations. We um, were really lucky to have this relationship with Sotheby's, and Alexa Ostriker had offered us an opportunity to do a Matterport for uh, for for another. Um, install collaboration, and then they allowed us or partnered with us to be able to use that um, program continuously. And that has made a big difference. But the things that have made a big difference is definitely strengthening or the things that make a big difference, you know, strengthening that online, the Matterport walkthrough, people on our website, I mean, we can tell from Google Analytics, like, you know, people are really curious about that. And it gives them an opportunity we have people walking into the gallery now. They're like, we just miss this. We just miss standing in front of a work of art and being able to just have that experience with it. Whether you like it or don't, doesn't matter. It's just having that in-person experience. Mataport's like the closest thing you could get. Um, virtual openings, are artists also were like, what are we going to do? We're like, we're going to have openings. We're not going to have them in person, but we're going to do it virtually. And so uh, we were able to continue to work with, you know, Sean Thomas did the, the video and, and we were able to, um, use the resources that we already had in terms of our client outreach database, and so people wanted it. We kept hearing responses from our clients like, "This is so great!" We're so and so that that is energizing, and people started to gain confidence in buying work without seeing it in person, and that was critical. So it all it wasn't like one piece worked; it was like everybody was working together um, for that for that common goal. But we were all. It, panic's not the right word. We were all definitely concerned. I mean, it was such concern for what was happening in our world, absolutely. And then you bring it down to your own personal world and and sort of see, okay, how are we going to function? You know, what are we going to do today, and how are we going to how are we going to get through this? And so it was. Um, it has been a journey. And so we have every intention to continue with our virtual uh, openings and with our Matterport. Uh, we stay. That's the way we stay connected with clients that are in California or England or wherever. Um, You know, we are shipping all around the country now to people who feel like they have an understanding and know our artists. They feel like they know us as as people at the gallery. And, um, you know, there's the building of a trusting relationship. So it's, it, it was a it's been it's been a journey. It's been exciting, but those early curbside deliveries when I'd be driving up and I like can't see the person, but I'm like okay, I'm going to leave it at the garage door, you know, and then I get in the car and I drive away, and then they come out and take their artwork, and then you talk on the phone. I mean, you know, those are just sort of priceless experiences we're going to have to remember with each other um, that are very different than what we had anticipated.
0: I've also been impressed with the people that work with you in the gallery. Who, uh, I believe, one of the people started working for free at the beginning of the pandemic and said, I just want a job. I I know that you guys are closed down, but was like, I'll do anything. I'm going to jump in. And so people like Emma and Emily and Missy and now Amy Schneider, you know, these are all people who really have just kind of persisted. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to move through this. And um, I think that you're right. It goes along with what you've already described about your artist.
1: Absolutely. You know, there's a certain work ethic that some people have, you know, and there's a certain, um, that you can tell. So Missy came to work with us in 2018 and she is also one of our represented artists. And she, so this was right after the fire, really, we had half opened up and Missy was, um, Missy joined our team and she has such a, um, she's just it's been such a joy to work with her and to, she has a way of talking about art and understanding art that's been that's been really um impactful when she's talking with clients and and also she works so hard on her own practice and um and and so she going into covid sort of looked at us like okay so i think she anticipated we were not going to be shutting down we were still going to be trying to figure it out i mean she definitely wasn't able to work um in the gallery it's not like we could you know weren't able to offer her that opportunity but but she um embraced that next step emma did she she reached out she's like i just want to volunteer and so we were able to arrange for her to be able to do some inventory work in the beginning she was able to get our um you know work with us in terms of getting images because that was becoming so much more Uh, You know, having the digital images was increasingly important in our communications uh, and just uh, had recently graduated from art school, didn't anticipate being in Maine all of a sudden. She was planning to be in New York, uh, but fortunately for us, she ended up being in Maine. And then once things changed, we were able to offer her a position. She works with us full time. So that's been that's been phenomenal. And then Emmy, of course, has been an intern. She's relatively new from um, from here in Bowdoin. And then Emily Blaschke, she works with us as needed. Um, it's the PRN version, you know, for for the medical world uh, when we need it. But but uh, Emily has a certain fearlessness to just enter into the fray and just be like, okay, what can I do? But that's what she. That's how she. Um, she responds really well in that type of moment so and she's very loyal and then of course there's Kevin you know my colleague of and then that we work together um he is tireless and and just constantly thinking about how to engage with our audience broaden our audience sell artwork you know strengthen our artists you know um roster and and just really um being a, a tremendous communicator with, with everybody that, um, that we, we work with. So we also paid very close attention to, um, trying to respond to people and stay connected with people because even though you know, not it's not perfect, but, you know, we try really hard to respond to people um, quickly when they have an, in- when we have an inquiry or if it's an artist or whoever it might be and to follow up because uh, oftentimes that's what people need. You know, they need a little follow up.
0: It is important to remember that as much as we think about artists as maybe having a glamorous life and they get to do what their passion is, they also need to pay their bills. Absolutely. So, so this is what you are operating with Kevin and the others in the gallery. It's a small business. It's It's a small small business, business and you are you're working to support artists. You're working to make it possible for them to do what they need to do. And so, when you talk about marketing and you talk about outreach, I mean, this is all done as a means of connecting buyers to the art because you want the artists to be able to continue to do the work that they do. And that for you must have been an interesting leap to going from social worker to uh, working at the art museum to then being invited to work as a gallery manager. Tell me about that.
1: The leap, the leap. Um, So definitely moving from the nonprofit sector into a small business sector was a different, it's a different frame of reference. But then again, there's a lot of similarities, right? So, So when I first was... Uh, offered the position, I thought, well, how am I going to find that mission moment, right? Because I had done nonprofit work forever and uh, or clinical work, and so everything is about that sort of understanding that that drive or that mission moment. And it's not as though the it, so, but I wasn't. It was. It, it's just a dip. didn't matter anymore. Like that just sort of eased up. That was my own voice. That was my own thing. But what became really important was just being able, or it continues to be important. It's. It's a responsibility. I feel a sense of responsibility to support, obviously, my own livelihood and, and my kids and whatnot, but it, but to support the livelihood of, of artists. And they'll many of them will be the first ones to say, I don't want to handle a transaction. I don't want to go to UPS. I don't want it's not a it's not a productive use of my time where the way in which I can be more productive and useful is to create this work that perhaps then you can go ahead and and market and sell to somebody um, to enjoy and live with. I also though have this tremendous respect for artists and the amount of vulnerability that they experience. Anyone can look at a work of art and, and have their, most people do, right? They have some sort of response. They can dismiss it or embrace it with a drop of a hat and it, you don't know what really went into that um, from an individual artist's perspective. I mean, I definitely had witness to that growing up with my mother and growing and certainly with my sister. So I, I have had exposure um, and an understanding of how hard that is and how um, important it is to be um, just very respectful and understand that there's a lot more to than just than just putting it on the wall so so it's been a transition working in a, in a small business but it's been um those same i think some of those same qualities or the same um approaches translate you know really nicely into this i mean it would be different perhaps if it was a different like a big conglomerate or something i don't know that i would probably have a really hard time with <laughs> can't imagine that. <laughs> but, but who knows?
0: Oh, <laughs> well, We want to keep you. So no, I'd have no interest in going anywhere. Let's believe just keep that me. way <laughs> off to yeah, the side There's exactly. an ever possibility all, in your life. Don't worry.
1: Not going to happen. <laughs> so.
0: One of the things I've been impressed with is um, the support that you and Kevin Thomas have always had of younger or newer artists. And this beautiful book that just came out um, this is the traveling artist, a visual journey. And this is by Missy Dunaway, who we actually interviewed pretty early on. If, if you remember, if you have been watching all the podcasts, we talked about her chickens. So if that rings a, a bell, um, and I mean, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous book. Um, this is one of the kind of tapestry pieces and we'll probably get a better picture of this on, uh, on the podcast online. Um, but, It's, I love that you've not only been willing to be creative yourselves, but also allow artists like Missy to be creative, to find ways to put themselves out there in the world, to give her a place to do book signings, to give her a way to promote things in a way that makes sense to her. And I think that for more established artists who can... Uh, generate work that they know will sell that that they, they're at a different stage. But for earlier artists to kind of give them the the way to be successful, to create a livelihood for themselves, um, that's really important,
1: absolutely. And it strengthens the conversation along the way. Uh, you know, there's so much to be learned from Missy's experience and from what she's doing and and then also to be able to uh, support her in this in this endeavor and it engages newer audience, you know, it, it, it invites people to say, oh, what is what is going on here? And and sort of meet Missy and then also be introduced to the gallery. Um, she, I have a tremendous respect for Missy. She has been dogged in getting this book. Uh, one of the ways in which we first were introduced to Missy is I I had, she had, we knew that she was an artist, but then she asked whether or not she could set up a time to show me her traveling, visual journals and i was blown away it was just it was a remarkable experience to be able to thumb through very carefully these gorgeous pieces and works of art and then we met with kevin and and then we started the the artist representation experience um relationship as and continued with our with um the gallery relationship as an employee but yeah you know I've learned so much just by Missy going through this process and how she was able to get the book published. And then also we, if we have something that we can offer to promote and help and sustain our artists, then we're going to really work to do it. I mean, I'm not talking about for them to go and sell with somebody else, but I'm talking about like strength in their career and to be able to um, introduce uh, something new to our audience and to our, to our clients. They love learning more like you know this is a, this is a treat for everyone. so
0: well, I have very much enjoyed our conversation today,
1: as have I, always. <laughs> yes, yes. I you know, that was the very first podcast where we talked, and I was in my living room or in my dining room, yep, that was four months ago.
0: <laughs> it was before you moved into your new house, I think
1: that's right. yep. I was still living in Yarmouth before I had moved to Portland. so.
0: So you and I will continue to touch base along the trajectory of our of our lives. I hope so. (laughs) Thank you for all the work that you do in supporting artists and for being an important presence in my life, certainly. I um, invite people to go to the Portland Art Gallery if you haven't met Emma already. Well, obviously, I think she's wonderful, but um, I'm sure you will find that for yourself if you meet her in person. If you've been in touch with the Portland Art Gallery, you may actually have spoken with her on the phone or had an email conversation. But I've been speaking with Emma Wilson, who is the director of the Portland Art Gallery today. Um... We are so fortunate to have people like Emma. I I am so fortunate to have people like Emma in my life and Emma herself in my life. And I hope you've enjoyed my conversation with her. This is Dr. Lisa Belial on Radio Maine. Thank you for joining us.
1: Thank you for having me, Lisa.